Welcome to a somber 304th edition of the Illegal Motion College Football Podcast, presented by betonline.ag and mikefarrellsports.com. I'm Matt Perkins. We're going to forego the usual intros today. You guys all know uh, Coach Corey Burton here in Nashville and our intrepid blogger Josh Cook up there in Chicago, Illinois. Um, we are presented, as we mentioned, by betonline.ag. They remain the number one site for all of your sports wagering needs. Uh, NFL, NBA, uh, college football, they've got it. Head on over to the website. Use the promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Okay, um, so guys, we obviously, we've got the somber music here, and everyone who has... Um, sort of in and around college football right now, knows of the tragedy that occurred on the campus of the University of Virginia on Sunday night. Uh, three current who uh, who's uh, current Cavalier players um, were um, were gunned down in the uh, um, in the garage at the on campus after they returned from a field trip to Washington, D.C. to see a play. Um, The three young men um, were all members of the football team, Lavelle Davis Jr., Deshaun Perry, and Devin Chandler. Uh, There's a fourth player who was in critical condition in the hospital as well, but apparently has taken a turn for the better as of this afternoon as we record on Tuesday the 15th of November. Um... Some of you guys may know this, some of you guys may not. I had the pleasure of knowing Devin, uh, Devin Chandler, for the last two years. Um, he originally went to the University of Wisconsin. He transferred to Virginia uh, after his redshirt freshman season uh, in order to both be closer to home as well as remain at an elite academic institution. Uh, Devin, off the field, was someone who was extraordinarily bright and energetic and he was always smiling no matter what every interaction that you had with Devin you always came away feeling better about not only yourself but about the world at large he had an effervescence that rubbed off on everyone around it he radiated joy and he was someone who always was trying to keep learning and keep growing and trying new things like any 20-year-old college student should. He was 20, and he was beloved by his classmates and his teammates alike. Um, I'm lucky to have a friend who knew Lavelle very well. Lavelle loved football more than anything, um, per John Vogel, friend of mine, draft analyst, um, who's known Lavelle for a long time. Um, He had undergone an incredibly tough injury last year and worked to come back and was just rounding into shape on the field this season as um, as one of the leaders on that team. Um, like Devin, everyone said he's someone that loved life and lived it to the fullest. I don't know Deshaun. I don't know anyone who did, but by all accounts, he was someone like Devin and like Lavelle cared deeply about his family and his teammates. Um, growing up, where I did, where all of us, all three of us did in, you know, in middle-class America, we're fortunately removed from gun violence for the most part. 
but we know that it affects far too many people in America every single day. Today, I am much more acutely aware on a personal level of how fortunate and privileged I've been to have never been affected by this before. Um, and, you know, this is not the first time we've even lost high-level college football players to gun violence in the past, like, 24 months. Not only one, but two Utah players, um, Ty Jordan and Aaron Lowe, were also victims of gun violence within the past 24 months. Um, but I wanted to just talk about this whole issue and Devin especially because he was a wonderful, wonderful person. And it was really meaningful to me that even after he transferred, he and I stayed in touch. I mean, we were talking as recently as a couple of weeks ago. I mean, he would ask me how my wife and dogs were. He would, we would debate about music. He always had, he would send me songs randomly that were like really goofy and really fun and really weird. And he was just, he loved life. And I, on the Believe in Badgers podcast last year, named myself the president of the Devin Chandler fan club, not only for what he could do on the field, because he was an electric returner, but just for the person that he was off the field. And it really hurts. It really hurts. I was talking with these guys before the show and I told him it was going to be difficult. This is still difficult for me. And, you know, and it's not like I'm like, not like he was one of my best friends, you know, I not, you know, or his family, I cannot even imagine the pain that they are in, but I knew him and I knew him well enough to know the person that he was. And the person that he was, was a beautiful person who did not deserve to be taken from us at 20 years old. I mean, he, like, if you go and read the stories about these kids and especially Devin, like from their classmates, it's, it's brutal. It's absolutely brutal. And it's been really tough for me to process this, you know, in my day-to-day -day life, you know, in I, but I thank you guys, first of all, for giving me a forum to just sort of let this out on the podcast, because I want to celebrate Devin, because I knew him, but also Lavelle and Deshaun, um, you know, everything I've just, everything, the outpouring of love for both of them has been just as much as I have for Dev. And, you know, I know I talked to some of the guys on the Wisconsin team who came in with him, who knew him, and they everyone is just, like, in shock. And I, you know, I don't really know necessarily, like, where I want to take, where this conversation wants to go, Josh. But, like, I do want to pass this off a little bit, if not so I can not just dab my eyes. But also because, like, you know, I mean, you guys both work in, in schools, in education. Gun violence affects so many, even of your students. I mean, you know, here in Nashville alone, I can't even count how many high school students have been lost to gun violence just this year. My goddaughter has lost two classmates in the past four months to gun violence in Nashville. And it's, I, you know, we aren't, the three of us are not going to come up with the answers here, but we do need to put it out there and just not just recognize it, but also recognize that like, at least for me, like this was a, a gigantic wake up call to my own sort of privilege and naivete surrounding gun violence, Josh. And I know that you, you know, working in in Chicago, in the city of Chicago, you see that probably more than the rest of us or have to, you know, at least deal with people who have who have been directly affected by, by gun violence um, on a daily basis. Yeah, I mean, I, I've lost uh, lost students uh, to gun violence. I, you know, we've lost um 
students of the opioid and, and drug crisis, which is tangentially related to the gun violence. That's kind of the main reason why there's gun violence here in Chicago is uh, the gang related um, illicit drug trade. Um, you know, one of my favorite students um, lost a parent to uh, opioid. So, you know, it's it hits us a lot. Um, you know, we're we're a football show or I, I think we're a fun show. And if this I'd like to think so, turns, if this turns off some of our listeners, <laughs> like I'm, I'm sorry, but no, I'm not sorry. I'm not sorry for a second. Yeah, but, That's the thing. I'm not sorry but, for a second. Yeah. But um, but no, like what, what I was going to say that might offend some of our listeners is uh, we're the only country that has this happen. This this is a unique problem to the United States. Uh, we're the only Western country, you know, modern, uh, wealthy superpower country. Uh, this doesn't happen in England, doesn't happen in France, doesn't happen in Italy, doesn't happen in Japan, uh, doesn't happen anywhere. We're the only one. Uh, so it's obviously something wrong with us. And uh, one side of the political spectrum wants to uh, regulate guns. And the other side says, no, that, that's an infringement on your rights. Um, but they usually come back with counterclaims of, uh, you know, what about mental health? Mental health ain't funded in our country. What about, um, you know, it's another popular refrain as well. You know, it, it's a gang violence issue. It's a gang violence issue. Why are people in gangs? We have a socioeconomic issue in this country. Um, the alleged perpetrator of this crime, obviously he gets his day in court, <clears throat> I'm also not going to use his name to glorify him, um, but by all accounts, he's from one of the roughest neighborhoods in the United States. Um, we have weird societal issues where uh, we have very, very toxic masculinity. Men aren't supposed to talk about their feelings. Uh, the alleged uh, perpetrator's father said that in recent weeks, his son uh, was very paranoid about something and would not open up to his dad. That's a mental health symptom. Uh, so when you have someone with mental health issues and no safety nets helping them, combined with uh, very loose gun laws, um, you're going to run into some issues. Now, the the classic counter argument says, well, oh, Chicago has some of the strictest gun laws. Yeah, our violence has gone way down. Our violence is concentrated in a few incredibly poor neighborhoods. I have never felt worried at all at my school walking down the streets of my neighborhood, walking down downtown, better known as The Loop, uh, we have some incredibly rough neighborhoods. But the gun laws are working because where do they go? They cross state lines into Indiana where it's super easy to get a hold of guns. It's that simple. So the laws are working in Illinois. People just In Chicago, people just don't want to acknowledge that. Um, the other thing that people will, will point out is um, – the you know oh this is this is a recent trend this is just in the last no no it's not columbine was in the late 90s in the early 90s there was a gun violence incident at the university of iowa where a student under incredible stress um was a he was a foreign exchange student a uh, million miles away from home uh was struggling academically um no real safety nets there for him he killed a professor and then killed himself. That was like 30 years ago. This is not a recent thing. So basically we have two choices. We either need to fund the social safety nets in our country 
And then that'll alleviate a lot of the issues. And a classic example of this is Switzerland. Switzerland is among the highest gun ownership in Europe. It's the highest gun ownership in Europe, I believe, at least Western Europe. They have almost no gun violence. And it's because they don't have these mental health issues. They have, you know, privatized health care, uh, safety nets, all this stuff in place. Their citizens are happy, not desperate. You know, there's no massive illicit gun trade. Uh, drug trade, things like we see in Chicago. Um, so that's one option. But hey, there's a po- political party that doesn't want to fund any of that stuff. Option two is take the goddamn guns. That's what Australia did. Australia had a massive shooting on the island of Tasmania. Um, and that was, I don't know, maybe 15 ish years ago um, off the top of my head. Um, and they just, Took everyone's gun. It was even, that simple. Even more They're recently like, than that, what yeah. happened in New Zealand after the yeah. a, a, after the massacre? Yeah, and I mean, we have you know this was um, you know this was a a mass killing event because three people were killed, uh, fourth was injured. Uh, uh, two more people were injured. Actually, there, there was a yeah. there was a uh, um, a a girl on the trip who was a non athlete. She was just another student on the field trip who was also hit by a straight bullet, but has yeah. been so, okay. So this was, you know, this was a mass mass shooting event, mass casualty event. Uh, there's going to be another one somewhere in America today. There's going to be one tomorrow. There's going to be one in a few days. Uh, we have one essentially every day in our country. And we're the only country that does it. Um, okay, so that's the political rant. Okay, fine. Uh, Josh is from the blue state. He's, you know, uh, for people that have probably listened to me, I'm like extremely far left. I'm basically a socialist. Um, fair enough. Uh, how about a more personal story? So this is just how easy it is to have access to guns and to, uh, potentially maim someone and and destroy lives. Um, I think the only people who know the story are my parents and Kristen, and I've never, I believe I've never shared it with you, Matt, and I've certainly never shared it on podcast, uh, but it's a good example. So uh, even without these mass casualty events, uh, gun access in our country is just way too easy. So what happened to me? I was uh, probably about five or six. Um, my parents don't own any guns, so I, I was never taught gun safety, um, You know, never taught only point at something you're going to shoot, never taught any of that stuff. And I'm playing like a kid plays. And my uncle is over. My uncle owned a bar, a cash-only business. So he kept a gun with him uh, because when you're leaving your bar at 2 a.m., 3 a.m. In Davenport, Iowa. uh, Yeah, yeah, with a box full of cash, uh, you're going to want some protection, which understandable. I know that's a common thing that the pro-gun people say. I understand. There are certain jobs, certain people that uh, might need access to a firearm. Um, but he was not smart with it. He left it in his car. He left his car unlocked. Uh, my uncle had done quite well for himself. I had never seen a Porsche in my life. So of course, a little kid, I'm going to open that door. What do I find sitting in his car, his gun? Oh, this is cool. Oh, there's a gun. I go back inside. My parents are sitting at the dining room table and my uncle's sitting there and I'm like, look at what I got. And I'm like doing cops and Robert. And I pointed my gun or pointed that gun. At my parents and my uncle. And they immediately started yelling, telling me to drop it. And, uh, you know, by the the grace, I'm not religious, but by the grace of God's the cliche, I set that gun down and it did not discharge. I don't know if the safety was on, 
Uh, if he left his car unlocked and he left his gun sitting out, my guess is he was probably not a very responsible gun owner. Uh, but that's just how easy it is. And we're really the only country that has these issues. And, um, you know, we need to face reality. We have massive social changes we need to do to provide that safety net, or we need to have sensible gun regulations. <clears throat> um, and ideally, we would do both. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, and there's only there's only one political party standing in the way in it. And rather than talk about real politics and real policies, they would rather run Herschel frickin Walker, who has CTE and doesn't know what room he's in. But because he's got a little R next to his name, he's going to win almost 50 percent of the vote. No serious person could tell me he should be a senator. No, that was my transition to our Georgia fan coach. Yeah, and well, I was gonna say, I'll tell you, he's even said himself, direct quote, "I'm not that smart. Not sure if I want." Yeah, I, I I can't. It's hard sometimes. You know, you you want something good for you know one one of your own, one of your own bulldogs, but he's gonna run off with Warnock, and I'm not so sure he's gonna win that runoff. But I mean, the fact that he got to a runoff is pretty. uh, That's an indictment in and of itself. That's an indictment. It says a lot about the state of Georgia, but um, the state in which I used to reside in. But, um, you know, some some of my own personal experiences with with guns. Um, I was never a gun owner. My parents were never gun owners. All my family were athletes and coaches and never really never really had access to guns. Um, My in-laws are all gun people, but they go hunting uh, and they hunt quail, deer, whatever. You know, so they they use it for sport, and so they're extremely responsible. Keep it in safes and locked away, and permits and anything you need to legally operate a firearm and carefully operate a firearm. They're 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 experts at that. So I've been and fortunate is, to be and, and around a huge, responsible people. And there is a very much a a clear place for that in society. People who hunt mm-hmm. that is a key part of literally just. Not like animal population control, but actually stewarding the environment. Hunting is a huge part of land and wildlife yeah. stewardship. So it is yeah. no one here is saying get throw away all the guns. Yeah. What they're saying is actually make responsible gun ownership and accountability and not just being able to give them out to I, anyone I think the, with no I think background the accountability and... the accountability for for the mental health side of it i think has got to be has got to be carefully examined i mean i i think josh hit the nail on the head with that i think we need more in terms of mental health because it is clearly an issue not just with gun violence but with suicide um deaths it, yeah. uh depression uh things like that like you know you you look at even people that aren't violent like people like Antonio Brown and Kanye West and and those guys they're 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 not wired right and, and they need help not not and not defending anything that either of those two have done but they need some help somewhere and and the fact that it's difficult to get that help it's difficult well societally, I think I think in those cases though I think I, I, I think coach you put a really good point societally it's difficult to get help someone like with those means it's not it's not difficult to get help but societally as josh brought up earlier that's their challenges it's the toxic masculinity it's the expectation to bottle all this bleep up right yeah that's what what i was about to say yeah exactly and so this 
you know, and, you know, like this was perpetrated by a former UVA football player who clearly had some issues, um, you know, and we got to address gang violence too, guys. Like we got to address the gang culture. We've got to address, you know, drug trade. We've got to, you know, all the stuff that leads to this violence. If we can, if we can cut the head off of that snake, we may be more like Switzerland. Who knows? Um, yeah, but, but we have to, you know, like Josh we, said, we have to have the social safety net in place yeah. where it's not more advantageous to actually go and run in the crack game than it is to actually like actually go in and get an education and know that like if you actually like, hey, if I fail out of college, I'm not all of a sudden not going to have any health insurance and not going to have any money, right? And not going to be able to live. Or if I... You have to, you have to turn to selling drugs. Yeah. yeah and so I, where, where there's not there's something that option. I've dealt with personally, uh, just teaching where I teach, I've dealt with stuff like that. Kids that turn to that kind of thing mm -hmm. instead of finding other options, they turn to that. I've had kids, you know, I've seen pictures of kids. They're at parties. Every single one of them is pointing a gun at the camera. Mm -hmm. Like, Hey, look at me. I got my gun, you know, mm -hmm. I'm really hard. Yeah. And I guarantee you that every single one of them are scared. You know what? to death about firing that actually having to fire that thing. But it's all about appearances. It's all about society. It's all about the, it's all about the culture that you have in order to be taking seriously. You have to have a gun and you have to flash it. And you have to make people think you're going to use it. I had a football player towards ACL. This is part of the mental health thing towards ACL became depressed, latched on to selling drugs, got into a situation got shot, almost lost his leg. Um, he's made a full recovery now. He's working at Target, and he's doing just fine. But um, presumably he's doing just fine. But he almost lost his leg. That was a huge wake-up call for him. I talked with him about it. He's like, dude, I was – I don't know what the hell I was doing. I was in a rough spot. I just – I don't know. I just lost my way for a minute. And, I, you know, I think sitting in a hospital bed realizing that, hey, I may not have a left leg tomorrow – really kind of said, okay, hey, I gotta I gotta get I gotta get the hell out of what I'm doing and do something different. And and he did. So uh we've had shootouts at the bus stop. We've had to expel some kids because they've gotten to shootouts on the bus stop. Uh, a kid that was in my computer apps class got arrested. He was on the news, got arrested for armed robbery. Um you know stuff like that just it, it's all part of that and, and the gang culture is is pretty prevalent here in Nashville and, and and it affects a lot of our kids, especially our North Nashville kids. And they it's just they feel like they that's their only sense of family. And that's how that's how the that's how that grows, you know? Um, so having safety nets of having different avenues for these kids, um, like we've had, I know we've I, I lost a player to gun violence. Um his name is Nick Spivey. And uh, I guarantee you um, one of the best things that happened to him was actually going out to California with a few of our other guys to play junior college football. And when they disbanded the program because the coach was illegally recruiting and got in trouble, got fired, and they just released the entire team. Um, he, he didn't have anywhere to go. He didn't have anywhere to land. So he came back to Nashville, got back into the drug drug game and ultimately wound up dead a few years later. Whereas two of those guys are actually still playing because they got a COVID year. Um, and then 
another one of those guys that went originally went out to California. He is now a drug kingpin, I think. I don't know. He, he's seen, it just it's it's all like who knows? Like I just it, it's it's frustrating when you see and you realize that damn this kid that I mentored and he held it together and you know as soon as I you know as soon as I kind of as soon as I kind of let him go it, it's you know he falls right back into it and and it's frustrating it's it's I you know where you know you just got to do a better job mentor it makes you feel like you didn't do a good enough job you know when, when, when that happens and it's inevitable but based on who they're hanging around with and you know it and you can't stop it mm-hmm. that's also disheartening and, and and i guess that's like the especially in in the bringing it back to to virginia and this i think that's what's for me doubly disheartening they were on a field trip to go see a play in washington dc they had come back on a bus that had been chartered by the university on the like they were doing literally nothing wrong literally yeah. nothing wrong and that like yeah. that is the and some, Dev had, some like, guy that... he was someone who really just like like people say like infectious it's like yeah i know it's like a cliche that that's used a lot but he was just like bubbly and, ha- and like goofy and happy and just wanted to explore the world he was so smart he was so artistic like he was going to be successful mm-hmm. at whatever he did because he cared deeply about other people and the world around him and just seeing someone like that that i knew going this way like i did not anticipate this i, I mean obviously no one can ever anticipate something like this happening and then you know just speaking from my own experience here like my own sort of like struggles and emotions with this have been really raw and really real and it's you know i you know our my heart our hearts go out for the families and the teammates and the classmates of those of those three men and you know i just i've been it's been really it's been it's it's been tough to even for me to sort of just like gather my thoughts, you know, I, you know, we're going to move here in a second to talking about, you know, some of the stuff that went on this weekend relatively briefly, but I'm, you know, one of the things that I'm, you know, I, I don't want, I'm one of the things I guess I'm afraid of, or not just afraid of, I don't want like Saturday to come around and everything just be like back to normal. Like that's, I mean, like, yes, it's going to, like, we know it's inevitably going to happen, right? Saturday's going to come back around, game day is going to boot up and big noon kickoff and all the good stuff is going to come around and it's going to be football and it's going to be rah-rah. But like, for me, like, I, I, this is something that's going to stick with me for a long time. If forever. I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I can't imagine being... I can't imagine being on that side of it. I mean, unfortunately, I haven't yet. Um, but you know, speaking to the world, the world moves fast, and you know, people don't forget. But you know, 
it, it's a hard thing to it's a hard thing to imagine. It's a hard thing to to stomach. It's a hard thing, and I imagine for the people involved, it's even difficult the hundred thousand fold. Um, so you know, I I I don't want to pretend like I don't want to pretend like I you know I'm obviously I'm not as as affected as, as Matt because I didn't know anybody personally. Um, it still sucks. It's still a terrible situation. It's still something that needs to be addressed in this country uh, somehow, some way, whatever the root of it is. Uh, that's what we got to get down to. Um, and whatever that route is, it, it, you know, the people that make way more money than me and study way more things than me could probably figure that out. I don't have the answers. I don't presume to have the answers. I, I think if you cut out some of the reasons why they would pick up the tool of a firearm to, to kill each other. I, I think if you nip some of that stuff in the bud, maybe it gets better. Maybe it doesn't. I don't know. Um, but I mean, it, 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 it's going to require institutional change from the it's top down, something. and it, it's going to it's going to require some some serious. It's going to require something. It's going to it's, uh, it's going to require a lot of something because this is a, um, you know, we are uh three hundred years and three hundred years or two hundred fifty years of rugged individualism here is starting to clash. It's 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 it is a it is a foundational. It's it is a foundational a, issue in America. Is, and it is a foundation of what because this country it's in that is built bill of on. Rights, so it's going to be difficult because it's literally in that it's in the bill of rights, the right to own a firearm. And you know, I mean, we can talk until the cows come home about if the if the framers of the Constitution could have foreseen a world in which automatic weapons exist, in which in a world in which you know, um, uh, uh, just you know, <clears throat> the the types of firearms and we weapons that are available to Jims and Joes, not militiamen, not not people in the service. You and me, we can, I can, living in Tennessee, coach, you and I, I think, can, you and I can walk down to the freaking Dick's Sporting Goods and buy a semi-automatic rifle on the spot, no questions asked. And that, I shouldn't be able to, that I don't want the power to do that. I don't want the power to do that. A lot of response, just a lot of responsibility. I, and and I, I don't think anyone should no have the power. Of. I don't think anyone should have the power to do right. that. And if yeah. you know, and if you want to have you know special courses to own courses, there are ways in around it. And I, I, I can't talk the gun control issue anymore tonight. I don't think, but it's it's something that we are going to need to it's, it's, tackle it's well, in this it's country well because it's a scourge on yeah. our country. It's a scourge on our country, and it's unfortunately you know mass casualty events mass casual shootings are part and parcel to living in america in 2022 that's our that's our form of domestic terrorism right there mass mass shootings on it's the just, daily on the daily it's, that's that's what it is that you know we don't deal with terrorist issues i, I call bs on that we yeah, do absolutely. it's just it's not bombings it's shootings um so yeah. Go ahead, Josh. to your point, Matt, real oh, quick, Josh, yeah, yeah. before before I, before I turn it to you. To your point, Matt, um, get this weekend, beyond, have fun, enjoy the games, honor the victims, yeah, and you know, just try to try to find some some form of normalcy somewhere while honoring those guys, while having those guys in the back yeah. of your heart, and I, I think you're just fine. Yeah. Speaking of that, as we, or Josh, go ahead. And uh, I just wanted to do a little editorial cleaning um, just to, to stress to our listeners. Um, when, when Coach and I were talking about the, the illicit drug trade and stuff, uh, we were not 
commenting on on this shooting at all. We have no idea what the motive was. We have no idea uh, if that had any yeah, factor we were, we were whatsoever. Oh yeah, yeah no, we, I, I yeah, mean, we're I think it's about pretty general. evident. Well, I mean, yeah. you know that that George had nothing to do with this incident whatsoever. Yeah. I think that I think this. I just want. I just want. I just want. I just wanted to be there. Thank you. No ambiguity. Yeah. Good. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I yeah. appreciate you saying that. And so, um, you know, in sort of transitioning to on the field, uh, Tony Elliott, uh, the coach of uh, Virginia, came out today and said they still haven't even decided if they're going to play this weekend. They haven't decided if they're going to play any of the games for the rest of the season. Um, I don't know how I would handle that in his case. <clears throat> I would. I would obviously want to ask the players. I would ask the players if they want to play. And if you all have to play- think that's going to happen. I would imagine that it's, it's going to, to happen. I, if they do anything, I would I could see them not playing this weekend, but playing their season finale. I don't know. It's 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 going to be. I I could, I could see them playing. Yeah, honestly, I I could see them playing this weekend, um, because I think it's what what those guys would want. Yeah, I mean it's I mean it's I can't even imagine. They're supposed to host Coastal Carolina at home this weekend. If you're gonna cancel a game, it's you, you probably don't want to go out after this playing against a coastal, you know, non-conference game against a, a team that's probably gonna. Let's face it, like Coastal's really good, and UVA on the field has not been good already. Like I don't, I don't know, man. I would be very reticent to go on the field. But if the guys want to play, like you let them go line up and you let them go play. Let me ask you a psychology question. Let me ask you guys a psychology question real quick. Well, sorry, Josh, go ahead, and then I'll go on to the Josh. I was just going to say, I think you have to let the players vote. Yeah, you have to let the players um, vote at the end of the day. And, and you know, they, they know how they need to grieve and process this. Mm-hmm. We saw yeah, Utah play. We saw San Jose uh, State take a week off mm-hmm. um, and then and then play. Um, uh, obviously, no players were impacted by – um, the shooting at Iowa, but um, we chose to play and honor the victims when Virginia Tech had their mm-hmm. shooting. Uh, they they ended up playing to, to honor the victims. So yeah. um, th- this is just an unusual one that it was uh, player on player. Yeah. Yeah. Former player on three current players. It's just. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, we're going to um, take a, a couple minutes here and just talk about. Hang on, hang on, Matt. Hang oh. on, Matt. I have a psychology question for you go, guys. Because I'm, I'm curious about this one. Like, something like this happens. I know it's relatively unprecedented where three players were involved mm-hmm. in a. If you're the visiting team, what is the psychology behind coming in? Like, it's got to be a weird feeling coming in. Oh, it's got to be a weird feeling because... Like, we're about to play this game, and I've got to get hyped to to beat this team that's already been... Because you can't go out there and half-ass it because you'll get hurt. Because it's a violent game that you have to play at 100% the whole time. Yeah. But, like, trash-talking, the normal gamesmanship stuff that happens in football, like... That takes a bit of an edge away from... I would... it's, it's, It's a weird thing, right? I would imagine, Josh, my anticipation was that the first quarter is going to be really awkward and really disjointed. Once they get a couple drop, once you once they're two drives in each, maybe then I think we start to see you just then you then they're just playing off of all the repetitions they've done in their life. And you're just between the lines. And that's all you're thinking about at that point. I could see also Virginia coming out like absolute banshees and just like with a crazy, crazy energy and you know 
doing nothing would surprise me in this game. Yeah, they, they could come out totally flat, disinterested. Yeah, they could come out like banshees. It could be a combination of both. Yeah, it they could, could go out and a, hit hey, the wall fast. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. it, anything, anything could happen. Yeah. Uh, I think for coastal, you know, as hard as it would be to to not, you know, do the regular game and ship trash talk stuff like that, is uh, turn that energy towards your teammates and you know fire up your teammates. Uh, so you still maintain that edge, just rather than directing at the opponent, you're directing at your own players and you know slapping their helmet, doing the old uh, butt slap, all that fun stuff. Um, uh, because yeah, I mean it's. You don't want to like, you know, if, yeah. if the, the yeah. game ends up happening, you don't want to mm-hmm. say anything to those. You don't players, want to be the, yeah. You don't want to be like, you know, trash talking. You know, some guy like if you're DB, like you, you know, swat down a, a pass, and you know, the guy who was happened to be the guy, you, you know, going like, you know, doing the incomplete pass on him, but the guy just happened to be like Devin's freaking roommate or something like that. You know, like that's gonna be like a really, that's gonna be such a weird. You know, I mean, if they do play the game, you know, everyone who is not affiliated with Coastal Carolina University is going to be cheering their butts off for the Cavaliers in that one. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, you know, I remember when, I mean, this isn't football, this is baseball, but um, remember when Jose Fernandez, the pitcher for the Marlins, Marlins. died very tragically. He was very young, very in a boating accident died in a, pl- a boating accident boating accident yeah um and the next game like they canceled like two or three games and then the next game um d gordon hit a leadoff home run who never hits home runs he hit a leadoff home run that was just like an extraordinary extraordinarily emotional moment um for that marlins franchise and i could see you know i think it would be i mean it would be poetic obviously for you know uva to house the opening kickoff or something like that um i don't think we're going to get to see that i don't think we're going to get our disney ending i mean there is no disney there are no disney endings when something like this is involved but um yeah i mean we will we'll see what happens um this weekend we'll i'm sure we'll get more news as you know as the the team basically decides um yeah i mean you can you can Build from here, make it part of your your identity in a positive way. Um, the, those of you familiar with Iowa basketball uh, might know the story of Chris Street. Um, he was, you know, local Iowan, did did awesome on the hardwood, team leader, and um, leaving a, a team dinner in the middle of a snowstorm. He was was pulling out of where the restaurant was, and uh, you know, I don't know if he was, you know. Dumb, dumb kid driving, didn't see it, hit, hit some ice and his car couldn't get out of the way. Uh, just, you know, whatever happened, um, he got hit by the snow shovel. Um, you know, the big truck and massive car, yeah, massive car accident, he died. Um, the family has stayed really connected. They have the annual Chris Street Award for players. The parents uh, attend many, many games. Um, they've kind of turned it into, to, you know, not letting him die at college and have it be the end of their legacy. Um, they've kept it around. Um, probably the most national event of it was, uh, was, um, Bohannon was about to, uh, to pass Chris Street's 
consecutive free throw mark, and he intentionally missed. So Chris Street is atop the the record book still uh, for most consecutive free throws. Um, Boston College did something mm-hmm. similar with the red bandana game. So um, obviously different circumstances, but this idea of turning your worst day into a learning experience um, could be mm-hmm. could be important for Virginia's well, turning football it into a program tradition. and their healing process. Or, or turning it into some sort of tradition, like Marshall always honors the the plane the plane crash victims. Uh, going to professional soccer, you know, Liverpool uh, and, and Everton, they recognize they call it the '96. Uh, they recognize the '96 victims of the Hillsborough accident. They sing "You'll Never Walk Alone." Um, you know, the red bandana stuff, the stuff that the aforementioned stuff that Josh was talking about. Like maybe there's a tradition born out of this, something that can celebrate these three players and be able to enjoy what they brought to the university instead of, you know, instead of the other way around. So turn a, turn a, turn a tragedy into something positive. It's about the only good thing you can do from this point. Yeah. And, um, you know, we've gone for about 40 minutes guys. And, um, I think, I think we just should wrap it there. I don't really want to do any, I don't, honestly feel up to doing picks or anything like that at this point um you know i i think that i you know i hope that everyone watching and listening um can appreciate that um we'll be back next week with the usual hijinks um you know um both uh you know just for i just i'm for me it's, I I I'm just still. This is this is still tough for me, guys. And so, like, thank you for, um, you know, turning this episode into, you know, not our usual and talking about this because it's not, you know, I was. I'm probably reiterating this again, but I was just floored at how, you know, how shook up I was that. I never just considered this because it never happened to me before. And I can only speak from personal experience, right? Like, uh, so I can only, you know, speak from that. Like I've been privileged to not have been affected by it. And I think that is the one thing that has really stuck with me through the last, you know, 48 hours. Mm, Yeah. Well, however long it's been 72 hours or whatever. Yeah. 48 hours as we record, Um, you know, um, it's made me sort of challenge and think about, you know, some of those things that I might take for granted. And I hope that, you know, if you're listening that, um, you know, you can at least, you know, you, you can find, you know, some of the same things there because like, that's been a very sort of powerful message for me to, to think about during this time. Um, and to think about, you know, Devin Lavelle and Deshaun and their families. And, um, you know, I, um, with some of the Badger guys, we're going to try to do something to honor Devin, which I'm really excited to be a part of. Um, and yeah, I just, you know, it's, it's so cliche. Like I've been like hearing and reading, like, and seeing all the, all the cliches about like, you know, tell your friends and family, you love them. Cause you never know if it's going to be the last time, blah, 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 blah. So, and like, I'm, I usually roll my eyes at that stuff, but like, you know, God forbid, Josh, Corey, I love you guys. Like you guys are my two best mm-hmm. friends. Like it's a privilege to do this with you guys every week. And you know, I, 
I wouldn't want it any other way. Well, we're here for you, Matt. Oh, no, definitely. Yeah. Um, you know, Corey, Corey's a new addition to my life through you, Matt, but, uh, you know, Corey, I, I feel that bond with you and, and those mm-hmm. listeners, longtime listeners know uh, Matt and I went to uh, to college, which was um, damn near 20 years, years ago. ago. I quite, know, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, two decades. Josh, almost, I've known you so. for closing in on 10 years. Matt, yeah, closing Man. in on a decade. Yeah, closing in um, on a decade. So, um, yeah. yeah, so we're going to end it there. Um you know, I will, um, if you want our, our picks against the spreads, I can post them later this week. We all did go do very well last week. We all went five and two last week. So, um, yeah, I mean, yeah. but, um, you know, I just, I don't, I can't, I can't get into that no. tonight. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll coordinate. We'll get those things posted. Yeah. We'll get those things posted online, um, on the Twitters and, um, yeah, that's going to wrap it up. Um, thank you, everyone who is still here listening with us um, through a very different episode of Illegal Motion, but um, at least for me, a very therapeutic episode. So um, thank you, guys. And uh, on behalf of Coach Corey Burton in Nashville, Tennessee, and our intrepid blogger from Big Ten Accounting, Josh Cook in Chicago, Illinois, um, I'm Matt Perkins in Nashville, and rest in peace, um, Deshaun. Lavelle and Devin. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.